This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode of Word Balloon is brought to you by Alex Ross Art. Go to the website alexrossart.com and you will find original signed comics, prints, great items, not only in the world of comics, but also if you're a Monkey fan, a David Bowie fan, a Monty Python fan, among other great media stars, with the Alex Ross Touch in incredible prints, lithographs, and other great items. A great price range of items, too, from $50 to high-end, one-of-a-kind things as well. You'll want to check out for your favorite comic book fans, Alex Ross Art. He has one-of-a-kind, timeless Marvel prints uh, based on his covers, the variant covers, for the Marvel Timeless event. There are lithographs from the DC Universe and Marvel Universe, solo shots, group shots, incredible things at a price you can afford. Check it all out at alexrossart.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It's Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. Jimmy Palmiotti joins me today for a great conversation. We talked live yesterday on Word Balloon Live on my YouTube channel and took questions from the audience, but also talked a lot about Pop Kill. Pop Kill is a great Kickstarter that is underway. Uh, Dave Johnson and Jimmy Palmiotti's uh, brain trust put this together. Corporate espionage with a great adult feel. Lots of violence, lots of nudity. Everything we like about adult comics. And uh, I am totally in the Palmiotti Dave Johnson camp, including Amanda Connor, where nothing wrong with some good adult humor along with your action and adventure. And that's exactly what you get in Pop Kill. Uh, the Cola Wars tuned up to global espionage with a corporate touch, uh, a lot of funny stuff going on, and a lot of really great comic book storytelling in this great series. Now, there's four issues. They are on their Kickstarter campaign for the final two issues, issues three and four, but if you do uh, subscribe to their Kickstarter, you can get all four issues so you can catch up on the story. It's great. I've read the first two issues. I am a huge fan. I was a fan of this thing when the Kickstarter campaign was announced, and I've been meaning to talk to Jimmy and Dave at least uh, before the Kickstarter winds up. It's going to go on until Christmas Day, so you got time to get involved and check it out. But uh, if you want a preview of this, I would suggest listening to this conversation with Jimmy and going to my Word Balloon Live channel to see some visuals as well. Pop Kill, the subject between me and Jimmy Palmiotti on today's Word Balloon. Word Balloon is brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you greatly, League, for your support via Patreon. Patreon.com 
slash Word Balloon. Uh, subscribing to Word Balloon really helps out the show. It uh, allows me to innovate as I've been doing this year, uh, creating the uh, video channel on YouTube. And uh, this has really helped me out in keeping the lights on here at WordBalloon.com. Word Balloon is free. It'll always be free. But if you want to help out the cause, consider subscribing to Word Balloon via Patreon. Patreon.com. Word Balloon is also brought to you by Aftershock Comics. It is uh, celebrating the work of Cullen Bunn this month. All My Little Demons is a Cullen Bunn omnibus collecting a lot of his great creator-owned work that he has put together for Aftershock Comics, including The Brothers Dracul, the full series. There's Dark Ark After the Flood, 1 through 5. Knights Temporal, 1 through 5. Unholy Grail, 1 through 5. The original graphic novel, Witchhammer. Bloodlines from Shock Volume 1 and Man I Am Evil, dude, from Shock Volume 2. Lots of great supernatural stories from Cullen Bunn, great creator-owned stuff from Aftershock Comics, and uh, not only that, but also great series that are underway, things like Kaiju Score. Uh, We've got the second issue of that coming out at the end of the month. Sympathy for No Devils from Brandon Thomas also coming out. Uh, at uh, the end of the month, December 30th. And uh, hell, just uh, underway, great uh, books like the Spy Series from Stephanie Phillips' Red Atlantis and the graphic novel Kill a Man from Steve Orlando, Philip Kennedy, and Al Morgan. Don't forget, you can find great books at Aftershock Comics. You'll find amazing genre-bending ideas from some of the top creators out there. Check it out for yourself. Go to their website, AftershockComics.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It's Word Balloon Live. John Suntress here. I'm really happy. First time ever on video other than us doing a convention panel. Jimmy Palmiotti, great to see you, Jimmy. How you doing? Doing all right, man. Doing good. I, I like that Alex Ross uh, commercial. I I, um, I knew Alex when he started. Now, he's a Chicago boy, right? So you know, you know probably longer than I do. But I, I remember the, the impressive thing people don't know about Alex. I mean, the guy is amazing. Okay, there's nobody like him. Um, one day I'll afford him. I'll be able to afford him to do some covers for me on my stuff. But he's he's just amazing. But the thing people don't know about Alex is he has a photographic memory. I believe and, uh, it. And one time I think it, we were in uh, we were in, in North Carolina after a con, and we were having dinner. We were all sitting around a bar or a restaurant, and um, and we were talking about people. And it had one of those uh, tablecloths where you can draw on it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Alex, uh, we were talking about somebody and Alex would draw them. Like I said, I had this guy come by my booth and he did this and this and Alex goes, Oh, I saw that guy too. And then he would draw the guy and it looked, and it was exactly that guy. And then I, I, I said, to him, I said, how did you, how were you able to do that? And he goes, well, I have a bit of a photographic memory. And then I said, can you draw John Romita Jr.? And bang, he just drew John Romita Jr. It, it was like some wild superpower we had, you know. It, it was just so crazy. Um, but anyway, I, you know, I can gush about Alex for days. But uh, he, he, he's a he's a truly one of the top guys in our business. I I, uh, I think he should be doing movie posters and I don't know fine art. I think a comic. He's done all everything in comics. I think he should. I think he should go to the next level, which I don't know what that is. The next level, but. Well, you know, he's been making deals. Uh, he and Sal with uh, the Monkees and uh, the Beatles Estates. And, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, Actually, he, he did a bunch of Beatles stuff um, because I was in uh, in a hotel in in, a, in a Vegas and he, they had um, they had the, the uh, Beatles show. I guess it was Beatlemania or whatever it may yeah, be. Yeah. 
and and Alex did these. Um, I want to say these prints. They had all these prints that Alex did that uh, were pretty amazing. So, uh, well, good for him. He he, he deserves. It. He's a hardworking guy. Absolutely, yeah. Jimmy. You're a hardworking guy. Good for you. Paper not film. Today. Not today. Today. This well, week I've been doing podcasts, so it's like. Uh, have you really? I'm noticing some of the guests, like the Nerdettes newsstand, some of the people. Yes. And I'm like, they're, they're probably laughing that I'm doing like one a day, but hey, yeah. Um, and hey, nice to meet you, Comic Quirks. I'm sure that's not your name. I'm sure you have an actual name. Uh, yeah, Jimmy's very uh, impressed that uh, Nerdette is here. Absolutely, man. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. well, so. Um, no, no, yeah, she, no, you, you, you could praise other shows. I don't care, she, man. It's she, all good. Awesome. She's awesome. Look at that. She, she's Yeah, she was there yesterday. Um, you know, when, whenever I do a Kickstarter, I try to promote it a little bit. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's the, the I have my favorite people that I go to, and you're one of them. God bless you, Jimmy. Um, You're a good man. There's no more well-researched person than you when I get on when I when we're talking together. You know your stuff, so I, I like that about you, John. Well, dude, honestly, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you specifically about Pop Kill when you and Dave started promoting it and taking those great old page size ads from like Life and God only knows Saturday Evening Post wherever you found those ads and would just. Yeah. Manipulate him and turn him into the pop kill ad. Yeah, that's Dave. You know, Dave's like the king of Photoshop. You know, um, and and uh, he he just said, you know, what if we took some old ads? And I said, yeah, I don't, I don't think we'll get in trouble because it's like we're not selling them or anything. And and he uh, worked with two soda companies into the ads, and we did that right before we launched, and it got some people talking. Uh, a lot of miss, like people were like guessing things that had nothing to do with anything. We were just laughing because they thought we were going to start making soda. And um, <laughs> I, I I am the first guy to tell you, don't drink soda. So uh, oh, I, got, I know I'm rehooked on that diet Coke or not yeah, diet, Coke. No, diet Coke. Is like, diet Coke's not even soda. It's like, a, it's its own chemical. It's like, the, the, it's like um, I had a friend of mine in the business. I'm not going to mention him, but he drank enough diet soda, like diet Coke every day. Like he he, dr he drank like two of those big gulp things every day. Oh, yeah. I don't do that much. And then he started having skin problems, and it got worse. And the doctor said, "You're gonna have to stop. You're drinking diet coke." And he said, "Yeah, because there's some acetate or something in it." Oh my god! And it started affecting his um his blood flow a little bit. Oh Jesus! Yeah. So the the doctor had him go cold turkey on diet on diet coke. There's there's a chemical in it. It's that fake. Sugar or whatever it may be, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not good in large dose. It's sort of like black licorice. Like you can eat a piece of black licorice, but if you eat a lot of it, it starts chemically imbalancing your body. Wow. Yeah. So they, they always tell you with black licorice, you never eat a whole bag, right? Well, <laughs> because it has a certain chemical. But but you know how people are in a movie theater. Oh, 100 percent. No, you're right, man. No, and that's what does lead to weight gain is when you are just mindlessly munching and not even paying attention. Totally, man. You're killing me. You're right. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing at somebody's because his can you, I'm here for the story how Jimmy cussed out Kevin Smith. And yeah, I'm, like, saw that. And I'm like, I'm like, uh how many times I have to tell that story? It's more fun when Kevin tells that story because I think he adds more curses than I did. I it wasn't it was less about cursing out, it was it was more like Italian guilt I was throwing at him with a bunch of curses. But that's another story for another day. Oh, okay, because I assume that was a Marvel Knights Days uh, story. It was the Marvel he when when we first had uh Kevin committed to doing Daredevil, and what happened was Daredevil was getting canceled. That's you know, um, so we were going to take over and start with new number one. Okay, and um, 
and Kevin had a story idea. But the last two or three issues of Daredevil, Scott Lobdell came on, and he did the, the idea that Kevin had. So they both had the same idea. They both pulled it out from this guy. Got it. And Kevin's like, oh, I, you know what? That was my idea. He's doing it now. I can't, I don't have, I don't have any idea. You know, I don't, I can't do Daredevil now. So he tried to back out and he, he sent us a fax. I still have the fax because before computers and everything. And, um, and uh, so <laughs> he, he backs out with Joe and then Joe calls, Joe gets the fax and calls me and he goes, yeah, this is what Kevin said. And I'm like, I'm like, what can you do? And then it was like around midnight or something, and I was just getting more and more pissed off. And uh, I called up Kevin, and I think I woke him up, and I started yelling at him. <laughs> and I started going, what kind of writer are you? You have one idea? Who the hell has one idea? You know, and I said, how can you let your friends down? And I said, we were, we had to, we had to stay in a hotel for two days during Chasing Amy, you know, while you were shooting at And, you know, I, I threw all the guilt in the world at him. And then he came back the next day with the story that you read in Marvel Knights uh, Daredevil number one through nine, I think it was. Um, so he just needed a, you know, it wasn't it was less of a cursing out. I probably did curse at him a little bit, but it was more like a, hey, I'm disappointing you. How can you be a creative person and only have one idea talk? I'm with you. Um, and again, you know, I've had like many jobs in comics, so th that was my editor's hat I had on that day for him. And um, sometimes creatives need a push. You know, uh, we we're in our own heads so much. It's what you know when you see the, the the creator at the con and he's talking to you like nonstop, like he can hardly breathe. He just keeps because they're home most of the week doing nothing, talking to their cat or something. So um, they tend to burst at conventions. <laughs> I, I get it, Jimmy. Absolutely, man. No, and and truly, this is why I always enjoy talking to you because you have worn so many hats and you've seen the business. From a lot of angles. We'll get to all that. But right now, Pop Kill is on the clock. Yes. With the last two issues, three and four. Yeah, we have uh, how many days left of it? I think I got like a week or It actually ends on Christmas Day, which is kind of bizarre oh, okay. by accident. Um, but we, we uh, you know, it, it's funny because I've been selling it to now to people because a lot of people backed it. And, of course, we want more. We need more um, because we hit these we hit these stages where we add things to the book. Um, but we did hit two stretch goals already, so um, nice. we're, we're going with a better printing. I'm doing a spot varnish design thing on the cover, and then um, the stuff we're adding now with the second stretch goal, we're adding more pages. We have an interview with Juan, and we have some sketch stuff from the Dave Johnson. So we're going to bulk up the books. The the stories per issue are are 32 pages each. Great. So they're already a lot longer than a regular. It's like a comic and a half, right? And then um, with the extra stuff on it, you know, it gets our books up. You know, with every stretch goal, we can add a couple more pages. And you know how that goes. It's weight and all this kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, we, we're offering. Uh, so I had a lot of people ask me, you know, I, I, I didn't back the first two, but I want to back this. So we're offering all four issues. We're also offering all four issues digitally for $20. So it's, it's a hundred and something pages plus all the extras and the covers and all that stuff. So, um, you know, so we're, we're doing some fun stuff, but it is, it is a story of uh, competing, co competing soda companies. And um, it it's based on an idea by Dave. Okay. Hit me with the idea, Dave Johnson. Yeah. And at the same times I worked at, when I worked in advertising, one of my clients was Pepsi Cola. It was PepsiCo. Sure. 
And uh, so I kind of brought some of that into the writing too. There you go. Um, when I worked for PepsiCo, I worked in an ad agency. Like I was, I'm a Coca-Cola guy. So, so um, the, we had them come up and they just stared at the can of soda on my desk. Oh no! Intently, <laughs> like, like if they stared at long enough, it was just going to burst into flames. That, that that's how competitive they are, you know? Yeah. Um, and and uh, uh, so anyway, this is a story about competing. It's it's a it's a, it's twin brothers that were separated. They were conjoined twins, separated. They own two different soda companies, like Coke and Pepsi, but, but different names, and um, they hate each other, and they want to see each other destroyed. So they involve a bunch of other people. They hire spies, they hire agents, they hire killers, they have scientists, and it's basically uh, a very adult because there's nudity and violence. It's an adult take on an espionage James Bond soda competition. Thing. Yeah. And the third issue, the third issue is the craziest book of them all. Um, but since Juan drew the four issues and he just finished the fourth one, that's why we figured let's offer three and four in one Kickstarter. Okay. So everybody can get their books separate. Yeah. You know, and we were lucky enough to get a, a cover by Bill Sienkiewicz, which was amazing, beautiful cover. And we have one by Adam Hughes that he said he was so happy to do because he doesn't really get to do nudity on a cover. Sure. This will be the only place you can get the Adam Hughes cover, which is a uh, uh, it's pretty much a girl with an exploding can of soda and a wet T-shirt. Uh, that's all I got to say. But it's done by Adam Hughes. It's pretty amazing. You that's, know? that's hilarious. Yeah. Corporate espionage, man. And corporate espionage meets men's adventure. You know, yeah. and I love talking old comics with you. I yeah. think you uh, Wally Woods canon. Yeah, it's it is very much like that. It's also, you know, I like modern people reading it, like younger people reading it, can get really offended by some of the stuff in it until they finish the story. Like, people, I, I always laugh because people read something and then they, oh, that's horrible, and then they don't read the rest of the story. You know, they don't read the and they don't understand the context of what we were doing. And um, you know, if you like the if you like the humor, you know, it's a little bit of humor of Harley Quinn, of course. That that's you know. Uh, that's a kind of it's got a tone of like it's light and then it's heavy and then it's dark and then it's light again um but it is a happy comic so there does there's even though there's horrible stuff there's you'll have a smile by the end of the story i want we wanted to do something uh positive in a weird way no it's it's fun and yeah i mean if you're easily offended but you guys stress that it's an adult comic book and that's right you i i i I got to tell you, I'm you know I'm 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 over 21. If you didn't guess that, now John, um, I, I kind of like my comics a little naughty, a little bad. Uh, I I don't want to have things censored. I, I I feel like I've I've earned the right to not only join the army and to drink, okay, but I earned the right to read adult comics and go to orgies and blow things up in my own backyard. So. That's that's what we. Hey Sal, that's my Sal. Look at him. Oh, look at him. He's he's living large. Sal's one of the best dressed guys. In I I say he's in comics, and he is in comics. He's one of the best dressed guys in comics. And Sal, everyone should look as good as Sal. When I, Sal, I can't do it. I don't have the shoulders like Sal has. He's got these shoulders, you know. See, and, see, and all that hair, you know. The two, the two of you with me, it's like like I said before, it's it's an assemblyman alderman meeting. <laughs> Where I'm like in City Hall and I'm listening to the guy from New York and the guy from Chicago kind of hash things out, man. 
kills me. Yeah, yeah. Sal's uh, done an amazing job uh, with Alex. You know, look, every I gotta tell everybody, every artist needs someone like Sal. Or Amanda needs me pushing her, and my buddy Patrick. It's like we we want to keep these guys on the board. We don't want them going out there trying to sell their own stuff, and they don't represent themselves well. You you know this, John. Every artist you meet is modest about their own art. They're like they're like, oh, I don't want to really look at it, but that guy's amazing, you know. Um, so they need people to go out and promote them, and you know, really, you know, let let people see their work, you know. But again, this is this is why I really respect you, Jimmy, because you understand the business end and keep learning about the business end and still maintain the creator side of things as well. And paper films is really what you've done with your creator own stuff. In addition to when you work for DC or Marvel. Yeah. I mean, you have to to fail at a lot of things, right? You have to fail at a lot. I failed at a lot of things, right? I have a shelf over there. It's the fail shelf, which is a lot of books I did that nobody bought things. I did that only I liked at the end of the day, whatever. Um, but you learn something from every one of them. My 15 Kickstarters I've done, every one of them has taught me something a little different, you know? And I'm fine-tuning the audience. I'm totally understanding. I have my next Kickstarter is a book called Sex and Violence, which I've done before. Yes. This is volume three, right? And it's, okay. and it's different stories by different people. Um, oh, good. And, and what I learned is people love the title Sex and Violence because it just cuts to the chase. It's like pizza. You know, it's like, that's it. Pizza. I get it. I want pizza. Sex and violence. So, you know, it's not any 18 word titles or anything. Um, but it's, but you learn after a while also with the Kickstarters is what the people really want. And, and what I've learned, especially with pop kill, if you've gotten the first two books, you, I know you've read them, they've read the first mm-hmm. two, um, but the actual books, I mean, we went nuts with the printing, the paper quality, the spot varnish, the, the, uh, the cover stock, you know, um, we made a comic that the comic companies don't make. You know, we made a product that when you get it in your hand, it feels like something that's, and it, and it's a true collective. If we say there's only going to be two or three hundred, that means it's only going to be two three hundred. We're not going to print a hell of a lot more and then have a sale six weeks from there, selling it for half price. We'll never do that because totally. You know, so it's it's really it's really important to kind of hold on to that. You know. The- Will you eventually sell it to stores, or do you, are there already store incentives to well, I, I do, store to I buy? Do add, I do add like a retailer can buy a bunch. Um, okay, any retailer that knows me can get in contact with me, and I can do a little deal for them. I always put that out there. Um, you know, it, it's it's a boutique publishing, so it's a little more expensive. So so it's not like a three ninety five comic. You know, you're paying twenty dollars or twenty five dollars, but you're getting a signed book that only has a certain amount of copies. And the production is different. Um, you know, I buy just as many kicks. I actually, I buy a ton of Kickstarters. I just got one today in the mail. Where did I just put? It? Hang on a second. I know I have it right here. That's cool. Uh, oh, I got it right here. Jupiter Jet. Oh, sure. I just yeah, got that's, uh, yeah, Ashley and uh, and Jason's book. Sure. Yeah. So I just got. Look, there he is. Sure. I got this. They gave me some stickers, which I put on cop cars. Hilarious. Yeah, I just slap them on the back of cars. I don't know why I do that. It's like it's like a Brooklyn thing. And uh, and and, and, and uh, but I back a ton of kicks. So I didn't know I had stickers until I turned this upside down, and they all flew out all over the place. Um, <laughs> people like stickers. I, I I'm I'm okay with them. I, I 
I, I'm not sure what to do with them half the time. And I know there's a lot of people can tell me what to do with them. <laughs> <laughs> there's only so much room in my ass. That's all I'm I, saying. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I have um, the second issue of Pop Kill almost ready to share. I just like scroll down and see some covers and some yeah. art that you got going. Sure. Go for so it. Let's do that. Here we go. Yeah, man. We're visual. It's a visual time. Absolutely. So there you go, right from right from uh, Dave Johnson. That's Dave's. That's Dave's cover. Yep. Yeah, Dave's, Dave's amazing. Outstanding. No man, Amanda's killing it on the on the uh, variants as well. And uh, yeah, this is John J. Hill's design on the inside. Look how beautiful this is. I yeah. Mean, you know, he he's John is John is just. Um, I, I'm from now on. He's I use him on everything, and and that's Juan Juan Santa Cruz and Brian yeah. Reber. And yeah, it's, yeah I'm just gonna slowly scroll, man, as we're talking. Crazy. And you have to read, folks. There's a little reading involved, um, but uh, it's kind of fun. It's a lot of fun, man. No, and I mean, I, I can even get down to some of the, here we go, some of the action that gets going here. And uh, it's interesting, too, that the, the soda companies are in Japan, but it yeah. is an international uh, espionage kind of story. Definitely. Yeah, we, we, we said it in Japan with the, uh, <laughs> with the leads not being Japanese, but it kind of works with the story, um, there's a reason, you know. Um, I get the, it, man. the dog is Japanese, though. The little dog is Japanese. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you know that. The pug is. Well, uh, it's <laughs> no, and again, violence, nudity, yay. I mean, seriously, that's we're we grew up on comics, yeah, or adult comics when we were little kids. And I'm glad you're doing this. And I and I we absolutely love more it. penises. We need more penises. In the, in the, in the, in the I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know. We just, you know, e- equal time. You got to give equal time. That's to, true. That's you know, it can't, it can't just be all uh, TNA. You know, it's got to. You need some. You know, you need something uh, for everybody. Absolutely. Uh, Listen, the I chat. Prefer, the I chat prefer, you know, I grew up in he- I grew up reading heavy metal. You know. Yeah. And um, so to me, that was comics. You know, yeah, um, and I don't have an issue with nudity. I really don't. I don't. I don't. No. It, I don't have any. Even even I. I love when people curse. You know, we grew up in New York, especially in Brooklyn. When people curse. It just shows they're passionate about something. Even if they, even if they're yelling out of their car window, telling you to drop dead, or they, you know, they banged your mother, whatever they're gonna say. There's some passion behind that, you know. And I'd rather have a little more passion. Um, so, no, and and again, hey. All ages comics, great. Little kids comics, great. But adults like comics. And again, you've got a couple generations now that have grown up on comics. We want the stories to grow up with us. And and then and and I just mean that that it's okay to do like you're saying, sex and violence. That's yeah. that's wonderful. I noticed the end for paper films at the bottom, right? Uh, you know, or the last page and everything. And yeah. I was wondering where sex and violence was. So it's good to hear that. Uh, you yeah, we got a lot of different. Uh, uh, it's not just me and Justin writing. It's a couple of different writers, a lot of different artists. And um, I've been working on it for two years. So. Um, so this so this one's got a lot more pages, uh, but it's crazy. <laughs> um, you know, and, and that'll probably be after the new year. You know, do that after the new year. That's um, awesome. Here, yeah. here's, here's the paper li- or paper film library. Yeah, there's uh, there's Painkiller Jane. That's one of my favorites. Of the course, Monolith. I love. Yes, Darwin Cook cover over there on Forager. And a lot of Amanda covers and certainly Sass. Yeah, a little bright. You know, I'm noticing there's a lot of red on those bunch first bunch. Yeah, they, I, I you know so these are 
the experiment, Jimmy experimenting with genre type stuff. Yes. And um, Trigger Girl, big fan of Trigger Girl. Yeah, Trigger Girl's fun. Phil Noto, of course. We love yes. Phil Noto. Who doesn't love Phil Noto? The Denver, I love. Jane, a nice Bilson Kevich cover. And Killing Time, which is my uh, uh, mine and, uh, and uh, Craig Whedon's like franchise horror. That's oh, what I cool. Think. Like, it's just crazy. That's awesome, man. No, I, uh, as I said, I've, I've been a fan and have uh, supported a few of these uh, Kickstarters over the years and really appreciated, uh, as, as I said, as Kickstarter has evolved, you've been there f- for a really long time. I know you're also a Kickstarter guru to a lot of uh, creators that are, you know, getting their feet wet the first time with Kickstarter. I, I, I do. A lot of people, well, on Twitter, a lot of people ask me questions and I always answer. Yeah. Um, but I helped guide a bunch of uh, creators. And most of them are doing much better than I am at it. So that's great. <laughs> you know, um, and guys like Brian Polito and Billy Tucci, those are friends of mine, you know, so I was yep. able to help them when they were starting and they're both doing great with it. Um, but it is the future. I want, you know, comic people should understand it is the future of creators. Um, we're a Florida man we can trust. Yeah, you don't have too many Florida man stories starting about me, uh, happily or sadly. Um I was telling somebody yesterday, I said, you know, my, my town is, uh, so down the street, like three houses from me is, is a, um, is a lake and it has many, many alligators in it. Yikes. Um, so you don't let your cat go out or your small dog go out. Um, and once in a while, the alligators like to come on up and visit people. And, uh, I've never had a problem with them. I, I think they're, uh, I think, like all animals, I like all animals. I, I feel they belong here more than we do. Well, yeah, they're indigenous. Yeah. I am. We're constantly taking a turtle and helping across the road, or moving, or moving some. I have two hawks in the back, and we had an owl the other night—a pretty big owl. Um, uh, so it's like it's like the it's like a, a nature preserve over here. Um, but coming from Brooklyn, I mean, is it is it fun down there, or were you going to chill? Because again, as a Chicago guy, yeah. Uh, I lived in the Burbs for a while. I could not wait to get back in the city. Oh, I right. go finally did. And truly, I need I need the city as far as day to day. I like the energy. So, so this, so I, I get the energy part. You know, um, it, it it's an interesting thing because I so I was a city boy, and in the summer we'd go upstate New York, up in the mountains, sure. and, and I'd go to camp, and then eventually I started teaching at camp. I was a counselor and then I became a arts and crafts teacher. So every summer I would go into nature, full on mountains and nature. And I loved it. And so the association as I was younger was uh, freedom and no school and fun country. Right. Yeah. And then whenever we vacation, we'd go down to Florida, I'd go down to the keys. We'd go somewhere, you know, we didn't have much money. Anywhere we could drive. But Florida, we went to. So I associated Florida as vacation fun. and thing. So now living in a place where it's vacation fun. And, 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 and again, I have St. Pete and I have Tampa near me. They're both cities. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm a beach person. Great. Um, so I, I, I kind of go to, we go right before sunset. That's, that's my favorite time at, at the beach. Have a drink on the beach, watch the sunset, continue drinking. Um, so that's a good good time. So I, I do like it down here. If, if I, I the way I feel about the cities are um, like last time I went back to New York, it's around three times more crowded than it was. You know, when when I was there as a kid, it was not. There were streets you went down, there was nobody. You know, side streets, Forty Nine Street, the Hell's Kitchen. Now it's like a billion people everywhere. So yeah. I don't like it. 
And um, and then, of course, with COVID, I'm sure everything got much worse, right? So I'm really happy. I'm down here for that. But all my friends, a lot of my friends are in New York, and they have a place to come visit with us. So uh, it works out fine. I mean, you know, we work at home, Amanda and I. So, you know, we don't really go out that much, you know, other than uh, when we travel. So, uh, you know, comic books are constant work. Well, you know, you're, we're, we're stacking up with questions, so I will okay. let uh, people ask. Uh, Nerd sure. wants to know any projects after Future State. We need an ongoing Hex in Harley. I uh, love them shipped in, uh, D- in DM. I don't know what DM I, is. I, I appreciate that, Nerdette. Um, DC has not asked us to be part of anything in the future. So they haven't talked to Amanda and I about work past the uh, – we, we, this is – the last issue of this comes out soon. Yeah, but- this is uh, Harley Quinn, the Birds of Prey. Number four comes out in the in a month, but they have not they have not asked us to do a thing. We the last thing we did was a Super Pet story in uh, in one of the uh, one of the recent DC books, and that's probably that's the last thing I can remember we did for them. They haven't asked us. You know, uh, uh, we inquired about the future, and they were like, "I don't think we're part of it." I. They changed hands. The company changed hands. I don't think they see uh, Amanda and I doing any stuff unless you know if somebody calls. Sure, we'll listen to what they got. But we haven't we haven't been uh, contacted for anything. So if if the question is what am I doing future work for DC, I'd say nothing because they haven't asked us to do a thing. Um, I I did do a, a, a mini series for Marvel um, that probably hopefully comes out next year. It's all done. Okay, that's something for Marvel, and uh, and then I, I think in like a, a, a couple of weeks I did a, a series. Amanda and I did a series for another company. Uh, that's a lot of fun. It's going to make total sense when you see it. That Amanda and I are kind of writing it together, and uh, you'll hear about it. But um, yeah, as far as DC, we we've been working there forever. Once it changed hands, I think once Dan went out of there, I think they just. I you know I, I don't know what but they a uh, certain amount of us are just not getting the calls like we used to and okay. it's okay I took on we took on we take on other work you know it's not like I don't have other work we just uh but the, honestly um you know uh we we have a lot of our own ideas we want to do Amanda and I so those will be, those will be coming you know that's cool you know uh, Jody Price wants to know if there are any more pro, pro stories in the future everybody loves the pro. So there's like an anniversary coming up with the pro. I don't know what the hell anniversary it is. It's like 30 years or some sad thing or something. Wow. No, it's like 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early 2000. Whatever the anniversary is, I'm trying to guilt Garth into like writing another story. It's because this is Garth has to write it, right? Okay. And Amanda and I will do the art. So um, yes, we would love to do more pro. Um it just has to be Garth has to kind of find that story. I already have – man and I have ideas, but we don't want to do it without Garth. It's, it's all our baby together, so uh, so we worked. That's fantastic, man. That's great. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, oh uh, there you go. Jimmy uh, Jimmy says he misses you at Marvel, but good news. There's a, there's a series coming up, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah there there is, and it's, uh, and it's fun, and it will make sense once they announce it. So, um, And it's funny. We mentioned Jupiter Jet earlier, Jason Inman of Jupiter Jet. Wants to know about that bond poster behind you, so I'll single you out, and you can you can explain. Yeah, first up, Jason is such a great guy. Jason, you're out there. Miss miss seeing you, buddy. Absolutely, um, he's so a great guy. Let me move. There's a there's a 
I have to. I have this. Uh, it's kind of wedged in between comics. You can't see. There's like a lot of comics down here. Yeah, I don't want you to tip and, anything over. And, and my American flag is actually made. These are all female superheroes. It, the stripes are and the stars are actually female superheroes. Uh, Dave Ryan made it for us. But the poster is an original. You only live twice. Uh, subway poster from New York. From 1967, I guess. Yeah, 68, I think. For 68. Uh, okay, and and um, the story behind that was there was a comic store in Brooklyn, uh, probably like 30 years ago, was going out of business, and uh, he, I was helping because he was an older gentleman owned it, so I was helping him clean, bring stuff from the basement out, and he had a row of posters, and I said, "What are those?" And he says, "Oh, you know." Uh, there's some old bond po whatever you can have them. I'm just going to throw them in the garbage. And that was one of them. Wow. And it wasn't even folded. It was rolled up, you know, which is hard to find. I think this thing's worth a fortune. I have no idea, but I, I they're hard. They're almost impossible to find like that, you know, with no folds. And uh, so, yes, yeah, so I took it and I, I had two of them. The first one I had was in the Marvel Knights office. Uh, we put it at Marvel and, Actually, when we moved down to the, uh, we moved off the penthouse at one point to the 10th floor and I had it in my office. And then one day I came in and it was gone. Somebody wow. stole it. And so, so that's, so this one, when I first moved down here, there was a, there was a bar called the H street, A street pub, I think or something like that it was called. And, um, when I first moved down, they had like sports t-shirts on the walls, like weird stuff. And I'm like, if I told the owner, I said, if I'm going to drink here all the time, I need to have something cool on the wall. And he said, sure. So I gave him this. And then eventually we put two Dave Johnson paintings up in there. Wow. But, but because of COVID, they uh, they had to close, sadly. Wow. They went out of business. And um, so they returned. The owners returned the poster and the paintings to me. I, I have Dave Johnson's paintings upstairs. I'm very proud. He said, I can keep them. And because uh, because. <laughs> oh, well, and I'm, I'm keeping them. They're upstairs and uh, we hung them on the wall already. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah, but it's a Robert McGinnis painting. So the, yes. the is Robert McGinnis. I'm one of his biggest fans. So um, everything about that poster works for me because I love Connery, I love the Bond stuff, and I love McGinnis. So it's a it's a monster. I just don't have a place to hang it up yet because it's so big. I mean, it's it's big. I mean, it's it's uh, yeah. you know, um, it's, it's Subway poster big. So I'm happy. yeah, man. No, and McGinnis, I have one of those coffee table books of his covers and various paintings yeah. you yeah. know it, and you probably know the name of the booth that's always at san diego that has all that great uh beautiful uh the real original paintings oh it's when you first walk in that door where the art section is the the, the it's it's like right off the first side i can't remember the name of him but he he did have like last year he had like some norman rockwell sketches and he had um line decker art and and uh stuff i can't afford you know yes um you know and here's the thing. Nobody should have access to everything anyway. And people always go, oh, aren't you mad you can't afford it? I'm like, yeah, but, you know, you know, I, I got enough. I got enough stuff. Well, Pat Oswald years ago wrote an article. And listen, I love eBay and I love the ease of getting stuff. Right. But he's like, what we're missing is that pursuit. And I'm sure it was like this in New York and everything. Yeah. Yeah. There were just a couple stores in the city in Chicago that had – great movie posters or Doctor Who or I would get albums of old-time radio and stuff. And it was just such a joy every few months to go there. Right. And, and it was like, you know, walking in the Magic Kingdom. It's like, this is amazing. And now it's just like, I want that. Well, it's right there. Done. And it's 
Two day shipping is wonderful, but it, 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 it is it is that that quick thing. There was a place in New York called Jerry Olinger's, and it was um, probably the most famous place you can buy posters. I mean, it was a whole floor of a building, and you know, I used to go there, and if he didn't have it, he would say, you know, hang tight, I'll put you on a list, and you know, we'll give you a call when we get it. So you know, things like you know back then, but. You know, you're right. I mean, you can go on eBay. Like, I want Fantastic Four number 50. You can go on eBay, and there's seven people selling it, and you look at the price, or you look at the condition. You, look, you know, I, I still like the the um, the um, because I don't do it. I don't. I like the hunt of things, right? Not. I don't have to do it about relationships anymore. So now it's about comics and things. And, you know, I, I was talking to Dan Dio. We were talking about how, like, we hunt down things from our childhood, you know, once in a while. Totally just, just to hold it again, which is yes. like a very strange thing. But I guess it's it's sort of, it's very, um, you know, I guess there's a certain peacefulness to it, you know. I, and I was telling him, I, ha- I used to have a copy of Fantastic Four number one. Wow. I don't have one now. Wow. You know? But they're expensive. I don't know if you look lately. They're kind of expensive. <laughs> I bought mine for sixty dollars, and I thought that was the most money I'd ever spend ever on a comic. But uh, nope. During COVID, I I found myself wanting Hot Wheels cars, and I don't need the collector ones. But you I mean, really prize ones? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> what do you mean, like the old ones? Right, the old ones. I just I wanted Hot Wheels, but I also wanted them because really it was more a missing of the old Corgi uh, cars. When we were kids, did you want a fat track too to play on them? Did you want? No, no, I literally, and I only bought like every one of the ones I bought were under twenty bucks. A lot of them were under ten bucks. But I get like there's a Hot Wheels of um, Scooby Doo, the Mystery Machine. Yeah, yeah. the Hot Wheels of the Jetsons flying car. It's crazy. It's like a disease. But it's great having them, and it's just have to have these things. We have to have them. Yes. Yes. Like what is that? I, I honestly don't know, but that's what. And I was wondering. If there have been since COVID, have you been buying anything online to like reconnect childhood wise or anything? I, I I have been I so I've slowed down on art because it's actually it's priced me out a little bit. Yeah. But I will say on my paperfilms.com site, we put a ton of art up that's like two hundred dollars, two fifty. Hey, that's it, great. It, it's actually I was laughing because I was looking at some of the auctions the other day. And I'm like, I have some pages from this book on my site for three hundred dollars, and they're selling it for three grand over here. And I'm not going to change my price. I, Amanda and I is like, there's a price for everybody on the original art, you know. Her covers are very expensive, granted, but her Vampirella pages are like two hundred, two fifty, very reasonable, right? Um, but then I see them people selling them on, and people are buying them for like twelve hundred dollars, and I know they bought them from me like three months ago, you know. And I and I and it and someone told me because my site has no bandwidth, like like you know, like an auction site. So um, that's that's why. And I, so I always tell people, you know, come look at the site. There's like 200 pieces of art on it, and we make a deal. If it's really expensive and you really want it, we'll make you a deal. You know, that's boy, that's, that's look, great. At, yeah. Go ahead, sorry, John. No, no, that's that's cool. No, Drew, uh, Drew is saying that yeah, buried treasure and back issues at a flea market is my happy place. Absolutely, man. I, I, you know, we. So when I lived in Brooklyn, it was um, when I was a kid, and and uh, Drew, you'll like this. Um, it was before there was only one comic store near me, right? So there wasn't like many comic stores. So 
I would buy my comics from the Salvation Army. And um, I had a deal with the guy there. He would put them in a box, and a big box of comics. And he charged me like 3 or $4. And it'd be like around three, 400 comics in it. Wow. I was not allowed to look in the box. He would just fill it with comics. And it would be my potluck. And I would take it home. I, sometimes I had two boxes. Take them home. And then I'd open this treasure. And and let me tell you something. Because it was 1974, right? <laughs> yeah. There were comics from the 60s and the 50s in there, you know? And that you would, like, your head would explode with the stuff I used to find. Now, granted, I'd say a third of them probably were Archie or Archie-related, right? So it's like uh, Betty and Veronica or um, Richie Rich or... Yeah, but then, like all of a sudden, I have some EC books, and I have like Daredevil seventeen, and I, you know, and I used to buy boxes of these. Like every two weeks, I'd save up, and and the guy in the Salvation Army was like, eh, "You're the only one comes in. I'll just box them up for you, and you take them." Wow! And until you know that went on for a while, um, until he eventually that place closed, and he uh, went with it. But um, yeah, so that was a that was like the treasure, you know, finding a treasure, and again. I had no idea what was inside it, you know? And sometimes I had like three or four copies of the same thing, you know, over time. And sure. then I would start trading with my friends in school. I'd say, hey, look, I got, you know, I got, uh, a, you know, six uh, Spider-Man 50s. Anybody want any one of these? I'll trade for anything, you know? Um, so that doesn't happen too often anymore. You know, somebody has to die in order for you to find a house full of and, and, I'll, and I'll give you another story if you like that kind of story. Um, I don't know what we're talking about, folks. Back my Kickstarter. <laughs> now back to the stories. Top kill, um, everybody. Top kill, everybody. Check it out. It's on, it's on my Twitter. You can go on to Kickstarter and find it. Um, I, I And I told this story before, but you might appreciate it. Um, so my neighbor across the street, where I lived on Avenue J in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. Avenue J and Flappish Avenue in Brooklyn, neighbor across the street, Tells me, he comes over, he says, we're cleaning out the garage. We're cleaning out the basement of the house. And um, is, do you want, my dad found some big comics. Do you want them? And I'm like, uh, well, it is comics. I don't know what a big comic is, though, but sure. So I went across the street, and he hands me this small stack. And what it is is original art of Joe Kubert and Alex Toth. Uh, wow. comics. Original wow. comics. And I'm looking at him, and I go, this is the original art. And he goes, and this guy, you know, he's in his 60s, right? He's going, yeah, they're big comics, right? They're pretty big. And I'm like, well, they are big. I said, but they're original art. And uh, and I said, this is probably worth something. He's like, well, either you take it or it hits the garbage. And I'm like, I will take them. And I still have them. I still have those pages. Wow. They were, they were, yeah, it was a beautiful um, Joe Kubert page, uh, a war page. And, and then it was uh, – uh, uh, another Joe Cuba page, and then uh, Alex Toth, war page, you know, all war comic stuff. And um, I asked him where he got them, and he goes, he has no idea. They were just sitting in a pile of things in his basement. So uh, how many people just threw them out? That's the crazy part. Oh, well, exactly, and that's why that stuff is valuable and rare and everything. Yeah. No, absolutely, man. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. That's amazing. Jesus. Uh, I love all of that. That was excellent. Um, yeah. Let's see if uh, – I, I know I got new comments coming in a second. Um, all right, let's see. Ozi Hobo, which of your oh, creator yeah. comics would you love to see adapted in film or television? We already know one that has already been that. Bonus question, who would be the lead? And you that's in one of the interviews, actually, in uh, Pop Kill. Yeah, I, I so, you know, I, I, I still think Monolith would make a great, 
like I, I want to say in tone Godfather two, meaning tone of like uh, you know, but I still think uh, a monolith would be uh, a great thing. And and as far as the lead of monolith, it would have to be a CGI monster. So I don't know. Um, but but I think the lead female lead, I honestly like the idea of a not known actress because um, whenever you put a new like a new actor into something, we just see it as them. You know, um, I, I still have the the brain still goes, oh, there's Brad Pitt and there's Tom Cruise and there's, you know. Uh, so I like that. Um, so, yeah, Monolith would be one. I, I was thinking I, I'd, love to, I'd love to actually direct and sh uh, shoot uh, Killing Time in America because we wrote a screenplay with that. So I'd love to actually just shoot a low-budget film of that. Um, one day, and that might be it. Might be a Kickstarter. Try to raise money. I don't know how much I could raise, but I think part of raising it, I would also cast it, so you can buy into the cast. You know, I would try to do something so <laughs> so I'd have enough money to actually shoot it myself. Um, one day, one day. I was going to ask if you had the opportunity, or if you tried to push for that opportunity. <laughs> you know, on the Painkiller Jane series, I was supposed to direct one episode and then I was supposed to write one episode. I did write one episode called The League. It was the like 13th episode and it's the best one on the show. Um, and and, um, and uh, I was supposed to direct one and there was some Canadian rule crap that came up and it all fell apart. But they actually, I did actually train with the DP. And then um, before that, I was on a set with uh, uh, John Singleton was helping me out, like giving me a quick training thing when he was shooting Baby Boy. So, wow. Uh, yeah. So I kind of had, you know, I had a lot of friends really supportive and showing me and, you know, they said, look, you can do this because you already see. Right. What to be done. Um, but I never got a chance to do it. Um, and I hope hopefully I will one day. Hopefully, it, you know, hopefully it would have happened. I mean, these days we're all at home alone, so, uh, you know. Well, yeah. I just talked to Kari Andrews, and he uh, he just directed the latest Sniper sequel, Tom Berenger's. Yeah, I know, Kari. I was uh, very proud of him, man. That's that's awesome. When does that come out? It's already out. It came out in okay. May. Oh, okay. Well, Yeah, I literally, I wish I had known you before. You know the title of it? What's yeah, it? it's, it's, I know it's Assassinate, but it's like, um, I'm, I'm, or rather, it's Sniper Assassin something. Okay, sniper says uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. But if you you know if you search because I searched because he called it sniper eight, right? So I just first search for sniper eight and the the post. Oh, I'll, I'll find. I'll just put his name through. I'll, I'll find yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. On okay, yeah, I'll watch that. They're good for him, man. Yeah, I, I yeah I haven't been you know I I, uh, I haven't been that lucky with that kind of stuff, but I have been lucky with a million other things. So um, directing one day, you know, I like the idea of working with a bunch of people. I, I like the social aspect of uh, working with people and on, on something, uh, a project. So uh, that's appealing to me. And tell me about like, you know, again, you said that Dave Johnson was the one who had the initial idea of pop kill. Is this the first yeah. time you guys have co-plotted together? And yeah, I mean, you know, he, he, uh, he wrote a Batman black and white story, which he ran by me and it was great. He just, I just tweaked the one or two things just cause you know, uh, I'm so used to the language of, of, of everything. Um, but he he wants to write more, and and he came up with this idea. And you know, Dave's a good friend of mine. So I mean, the idea that I get to hang out with Dave and work with Dave was like a gift. You know, um, it, it, I say this all the time. It's like the best part of this business is to work with people you like and have fun. And uh, so it was a blast writing it with Dave, and then just doing the Kickstarter stuff with Dave uh, was really interesting. You know, because uh, 
he didn't, you know, he's never done one before. So, you know, I was explaining to him how much work it was. By the end of the last first one, he was like, oh, my God, that's a ton of work. And I'm like, yeah, it is. I said, just shipping them out or, or, or checking the stuff at the printers or getting the stuff delivered. It's just it is a lot of work. But I welcome it because I know I'm, I'm you know, my Kickstarters only get like a thousand or two thousand people. So I know all the names on these Kickstarters. Um, and uh, so I, Kickstarter only a thousand or two or what are you saying? Yeah, it's like a thousand or two people back each one, like in that okay. number. That's a lot. Yeah, people. Is somebody at the door, man? Okay, sorry. My nope. my, my sound, sound has, Go ahead. No, it's we're good. We're good. She's, uh, she's okay. No problem. Um, Sal Abinati actually is starting his first Kickstarter, and he said he's working with Dave Hyde on it, and he wants oh, okay. to give any tips. Well, uh, you know, my my first recommendation would be to work with David Hyde. <laughs> you know, he, no nobody's going to go out there and make noise for your Kickstarter like David. I I I I, uh, I use David on every like fourth or fifth one um david's so david's fantastic because he's got the um he's got the bandwidth he's he knows all these uh you know uh, how to pu publicize your kickstarter how to get it to places outside comics because that's really comic people know about your kickstarter people outside really don't or they don't have an interest so it, he he's really good at focusing so sal i'd say you know you want david to reach out to places that normally you can't get it i mean it sounds uh Let's see. First Kickstarter. So Sal, it's first. Okay, so he's a. He's a you're writing it, Sal. Is that what yes. it is? Writing it. Okay. Well, he wrote and drew it. Oh, he drew it too. It's it's yeah. fantastic, dude. I've I Sal's a really good friend, and oh, um, I gotta see this, man. But you're yeah. gonna, seriously, man, no, it's it's gorgeous. It's Sal, all about start peppering, start peppering your social media with some panels from it. Let let people see what you're drawing, what you put, what you're up to, you know, and then uh, and then uh, talk it up. You know, and then uh, talk to John and get on his show. And oh, you know, we're, yeah, yeah, sorry, a foregone conclusion. Yeah, get it before you know. Get it before um, before you launch it, right? But make start it, using it before you launch it. Yeah, and put a little date on your graphics, like launching on Kickstarter this day. You know, um, and good. Sal, Sal, if you want any other information, just hit me up, man. Give me that's awesome. John's got my info. I mean, you know, a bathroom wall oh, yeah. and a bar has got my info. You can find it. I'm, I'm <laughs> I'll send you guys a joint email. That'd be great. Yeah, there you go. That'd be excellent. No, I'm happy to love, love to help Sal. It's a great guy. He's the man. He's absolutely the man. Dante lets us know that Kari's movie is called uh, Sniper Assassin's End. Assassin's End. Okay. Okay. I got and it. Tom Berenger's in it. And oh, looking more and more like Dick Cheney as he gets older. It's so yeah, weird. Yeah. You know, he looked, looking like a young Paul Newman, and now he looks like Dick Cheney. I like the movie it was with Tom Berenger where he was the substitute teacher. Uh, that was a fun one. You ever see that? He's like a sub teacher, and he, I, I, you know, yeah, it's a goofy one. I mean, of course, it's no cartoon. You know, we're talking. You know, it's no oh cartoon. yeah, my buddy, I'm friends with William Peterson, CSI. Oh no he, kidding! He turned that role down. Because of the the Berenger role in Platoon, he's like, I don't want to go to Burma for three months. That sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, you can say that, and then there's some person that goes, I wish I can go to Burma for like a week or two. You know, so <laughs> so it's perspective. I hear you, man. Um, no, that's great. Let's see. Uh, I'm looking through the questions. I because we I also you know I mean depending on how much time you have I don't want to keep you I'll longer. Say hi to Dante, yeah, Dante. It's been a while since we've been in the church basement shows, but uh, those were fun. Those were a lot of fun, man. Um, you know, uh, 
you know, I wish we can go back to that show and start buying things that we know are worth much more money today. That's uh, I'm, I'm sure Dante gets that totally. Just like you, uh, Salvation Army guy. I had a yeah. I had a store in suburban Chicago, and it was a, a newsstand. And at the back, they just had boxes of, and this was in the early seventies. And like you said, boxes of sixties and early seventies comics right. that were just peanuts. And it's like, oh yeah, if I knew then what I know now. Yeah, we we would look. We'd be smart just to buy gold back then. I mean, you know, let's be honest. You know, that's the that's, that's, movie. There you go. That's that's the name of the movie. Yeah, it's a fun word. Because I was going to say someone to watch over me or uh, uh, yeah, good too. But so substitute has this like very uh, wish fulfillment type movie. You know, like you got a bunch of rowdy kids, and he kind of takes it really far because he's like this okay. very guy. It's 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 fun and stupid and it should never happen in real life, but it's good as a movie. I liked his movie with Greta Sachi and Bob Hoskins, Shattered. Yeah, I know why you like that. I know why you like <laughs> oh, that. Oh, please, absolutely. Gre- two words, Greta Sachi. Absolutely. My God. Come yeah, on. Right. That was a fun movie. Jim, I also really honestly, what you and Amanda have done with Harley Quinn, and I, I always make you talk about the comparison, but again, about adult comics. Yeah. Um, you know, as I, it always seemed to me that your spiritual guide for how to do Harley Quinn was Will Elder and little Annie Fanny and, and the, the playboy stuff, toning it down. Yeah. You know, yeah. That kind of parody and just, you know, sexy girl kind of surrounded yeah. by funny, crazy stuff. I, I, I have two volumes of the books right there. I, I see them right. right, right off little right. Annie Fanny? Yeah. Little Annie Fanny. I have both volumes over there. Um, also, if you read our Harley Quinn, and if you want to um, just – we grew up – Amanda and I grew up on a large – like a, a large diet of Bugs Bunny, Looney Tunes. Yeah. So when you read Harley, picture her as Bugs Bunny, and the rest of the book makes complete sense. That's all I'm going to say. Anybody go back down and read the Harleys, and it's – because she's a bit of a troublemaker. She <laughs> picks on everybody. She's funny. She's unpredictable. She can be very violent and then really sweet. She dresses up all the time in different outfits, and it's so Bugs Bunny. <laughs> and that's I always tell people, you're gonna write Harley. Just think Bugs Bunny, human, human Bugs Bunny, and you'll, that's you'll, cool. Yeah, and, and you know, I've I've really gotten to know uh, Patrick Schumacher, the showrunner for uh, the the animated series of Harley Quinn. Right, and I love the fact that they've obviously, you know, I, and I know Amanda actually. Didn't she help out with the design she, for the? She did some turnarounds on the characters, and then she did some set pieces. Um, I unfortunately they didn't ask us to be involved, though. I mean, we ah. it was it was Diane Nelson that went and got them Amanda the gig to design some of this stuff because I actually complained to her like, why aren't we involved with this? And so she got Amanda. To, but they haven't, you know. Here's here's the thing: the guys doing the cartoon, fantastic. The writers, the artists. Daryl Patrick, they're all awesome. They're all awesome. But I wish Warner Brothers involved us. It would have been so nice to be involved with it in some level. Um, but that and that's always an issue with me with with the comic companies. Are you know, you know, I have I have a lot of uh, uh, things I've worked on that's that's been like sort of made into other things. And and uh, we always wish they would involve us more. But we we learn over time, and how everybody watching this should learn over time is. The only control you have is on your own creations. So there's a point we have to say, okay, enough with everybody else's stuff. Let me do some of my own things. So little lessons you learn along the way, you know? No, I understand. So I, I guess, forgive me, but yeah, no compensation for Cyborg being in the cartoon or anything? We'll see. We'll see. Wow. Uh, 
Yeah, no, no, we should, we should, they, they're pretty good with that. So that, okay. Yeah, money's, money's great, right? Money's yeah. great. Don't get me wrong. Money's great, but it's not everything. No, no, no. I understand you creatively want to be involved and I understand, man. No, these are great ideas. Clearly right. good enough to jump yeah. from comics to film and television. No, yeah, I, I mean, even, even we, we loved, we loved, uh, Harley and the birds of prey. I mean the birds of prey movie, right? Um, we loved it, but it would have been so easy to get us in as consultants or Amanda to come in and do some designs or, you know, there would have been so many opportunities to at least put Amanda in that production or put her in roller skates for one scene. You know what I mean? Something. Um, they, they, you know, stuff like that um, means a hell of a lot to the creators and it's very minor for everybody else. And the thing is, we're not asking for money, right? We're asking for recognition or or at least a, a place, a part of it. it. Look, they're so nice. I mean, you know, uh, the director, the writer, uh, all of them. Mar Margot could not be any sweeter to Amanda and I. We've met her many times, and they're great. But I don't think they realize the, the how much we aren't included in things, you know? Or I don't think it's something they think about too much, really. They're just happy to see us when they see us, and they're like, yay, you know? Sure. Yay. Um, but we like to be more involved with the things we worked. I mean, Harley, we worked on for five years. Yeah. You know, I, we would love if the, uh, me and Amanda and, and Bruce, you know, and, and, uh, Bruce, Tim and, 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 uh, and, um, and my brain is, my brain is, uh, uh, Bruce, Bruce and, and, uh, oh, really? yeah. And Paul, we would love if they, you know, got us all out there and yeah. were involved or at least had us in a scene. How much fun would that be? The four of us idiots in the background with, Comic people can laugh at it, you know. Kevin yeah, Smith, way Kevin Smith understood it. Kevin Smith put comic people in his. Kevin totally gets it. I think Hollywood looks at us like things they have to deal with, <laughs> you know. And uh, so we hope that changes over time. Yeah, no kidding, man. Especially with not only uh, film and traditional television, but the way streaming has really kind of taken over uh, entertainment in the yeah. last couple of years. I mean, yeah. not even pre-COVID. I'd love to see. I'd love to see it happen while I'm alive. That's all I have. I to hear say. you. Yeah. Um, Dante <laughs> wants to know any chance of you and Joe getting an Ash film or a new comic out anytime soon. Yeah, man. Really, I, I would say uh, Ash is one of my favorite uh, of uh, yours and Joe's creations. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so it would mean Joe has to have time. Joe's very busy. Yeah. Um, as far as a film, you know, DreamWorks owns the rights for the film. So oh, wow, yeah. So it's up to them to do something or not. We we've read many screenplays over the years, mm. but they uh, they've never asked us to write a screenplay. But it might be the next thing they should do at this, um, you know. But but, but we'll see. I mean, you know, it, it's their property. They they bought the rights to the film property. So so we don't have that. So um, okay. You know, uh, but we can do new comics. But that, you know, Joe has Joe's very busy with his job at Marvel, and and uh, you know, um, it takes a long time to draw a book. So I, I don't think we'd be getting an ash out for a while. But uh, maybe he might show up in a Painkiller Jane story one day in the future. Who knows? Understood. Um, I don't know if you want to answer this, Chandis. So, uh, what 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 are some ideas you and Amanda had? in Harley that were denied by DC? Uh, well, I mean, you know, we did the black label book and yeah. And, um, there was some redrawing that had to be done. It was a little okay. too peaky. Um, some things it's, it's odd things because some of it has to do with licenses, you know, like, uh, mm. 
because they license out a character, they don't want to have the character do a certain thing. Um, we try to push the envelope with Harley. So with Black Book, we Black Label, we were told we could do anything. And then we started working on it. And then we were told, well, you can't really do anything. You can do this and you can do that. And then they're like, well, you're going to have to change that page. And you're going to have to put some clothes on those characters over there. And you got to. So what we do get away with Harley is um, in, in the Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey book is a lot of violence, a lot of cursing. Uh, Amanda pushes the cheesecake as far as she can um, without them yelling. Um, but the last issue, we have a lot of great scenes with Harley and um, and Ivy. And I don't want to ruin it, but there's pretty Power Girl shows up. And we, yeah. pretty much, so it's our last time we're doing Harley for a while that we know of. So everything in the kitchen sink is in that last issue. <laughs> the Palmati Connorverse, if you will. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. We, we do have a, um, I just, I read a whole story about people saying, Amanda and I have our own universe, like with Atlee. And Power Girl and Harley and 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 Starfire and I said yeah I said if they just give us a book we can put them all in one book oh that'd be great uh, only if uh, only if Vartox gets to show up every now and then well, he has to be in it I mean it, it it would open at their wedding I think so you know. <laughs> yeah. um, all right here's a here's a, a beginner's uh, creator question do you have any advice for someone with little or no credits to their name finding people to work with on a comic. You know, it, it depends if you're coming from an artist angle or a writer's article so, angle. So if you're a writer and you're looking for an artist, they're obviously online. So you either have to sell them on your idea or they're looking for a writer or you have to amaze them uh, with your art or your writing or you have to pay them. <laughs> um, so it's like it's like your time is worth money. So is theirs. So, if you know, when you're starting out, create your website, show off your artwork, do your own comics, write, 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 put it out there. Follow people that it influences, interact with them best you can without being obnoxious or stupid, and show your work as much as you can. I have people show me their work all the time, and I give them notes and stuff like that. So um, just get out there. There's Dean. Dean stopped by. Yeah, how about that? Jeez. Dean, great artist. Um, look at that picture of him. He looks, you look tired in that, Dean. <laughs> and you have your shirt on. What's up with that? Um but uh, yeah, Dean. Dean, I love Dean's comics. Dean's a, a real Brooklyn boy too, and uh, absolutely, yeah. his stuff's amazing. His his Instagram is great too because he shows a lot of artwork on it. So everyone should follow Dean. This is true. Yeah, big fan of Red Hook and everything he's doing. Right. Some questions that I see on the chat we've already uh, covered, so I okay. suggest you rewind and uh, watch rather than have uh, Jimmy repeat himself. Okay, his old age does that to us anyway that we repeat ourselves. So it's, yeah. uh, it's all right. you know, come on. So. Uh, this is so. Um, all right. So we've got like uh, you said, the campaign for Pop Kill will continue through so Christmas. Christmas Day is the last. It ends on Christmas Day. So, Very cool. um, so I'm hoping you know if you haven't backed it, you check it out today. I uh, love you too, Dean. Love him. I miss him. I miss. I miss seeing him at the shows and everything. Um, yeah, he's a fun guy to hang out with, and oh, yeah. just a great comic person. Yeah. Um, yeah so, so, yeah, so the Kickstarter is still Christmas Day. So you got a couple of weeks. Um, you know, while you're buying presents for everybody else, buy yourself something. <laughs> Go to the Kickstarter and buy yourself a present. You'll get it within a month. We're, we're going to send it right to the printer after after Christmas, and hopefully by the end of January, beginning of February, you'll get your stuff. So That's great, man. You have to deal with everybody's holidays at the printer, so, you know. And, and as you say, you, you average around 1,000 or so as far as your core Kickstarter, yeah, like like, 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 like between one and two thousand. Okay, 
Yeah. And and is there anything because again, man, we've been talking for over ten years about Kickstarter projects. Right. Truly, every time I talk to you, you know, you throw another nugget, and I know you're you're open to people hitting you up on online and stuff to get questions. Yeah. But is there some observation now that it's different from when Kickstarter first started? I think people understand it better. I think they they understand. Um, well, the people doing them have a better understanding. But I think the people that support them are real diehards. Like I, I think there's I, there's a couple of people that I know that only buy ca- crowdfunding comics because they love the personal touch, they love the special stuff. Yeah. Um, and they they've gone less the big two companies and supporting creators, and that's what the Kickstarters are. You support, you're backing a creator that you like or you follow, um, or has a voice that has your voice similar, you know, uh, similar tastes. Yeah. Um, I know the ones I back are usually visually they get me right away. Like, like I, I like the art first. I see the art first. And then, and then uh, eventually I'm looking at the story. I'm like, oh, that sounds like a great story. I never heard of this person, but I'm going to back it. It looks pretty cool, you know? And then, you know, but when you have guys like, uh, you know, you have guys like uh, uh, John and, uh, you know, who put out a professional, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Jason, I'm sorry. I said John. Oh yeah. Jason and Ashley. Sure. Yeah, Jason, Jason, yeah. A professional like Jane, you know, look at the book and you're like, okay, this is great. You know, this is yeah. this beautiful and and um well they learn from their kickstarters i've i've had conversations with jason and ashley and yeah every kickstarter they learn a little bit more yeah that, and, it's and, it and look they got like nice personalized signature you don't get that you know you don't get that from just anything you know you, these are these are these are great and uh so i'm always happy to back people that have so much love for what they do oh look no, I agree, man. another print i keep finding things in this book okay. This is stickers and this is for one for each nipple. Great. All right. You're killing me, man. I wanted, to, I wanted to, uh, I wanted the, the guy from Spain. I want to say hi back to Spain. I don't know what part you're in. Oh, let me, uh, uh, I love Amanda and I love Spain. We were supposed to be there this year. We'll be there next year. Definitely. Um, and uh, so I just want to say that. That, yeah, that, I, I think we answered a couple of his questions already. Okay, and, good. Right. I just wanted to give a shout out to Spain and damn I hope, straight. I hope they're doing good with the COVID stuff. I, you know, I can't wait to get back to Europe. So, dude, I hear you. Yes, I'm gonna. Yeah, I, I, Sal keeps yeah. saying I got to go with him to Luca. In yeah, Italy. I, I've never, I've never been to Luca. I've never been invited to any of the like Luca or um, what's the other one in Angoulême. Well, what was the one? Because I remember you telling me, and it's my favorite story re- regarding the pro. And maybe you weren't there, but you heard about it that they had a giant pro. Oh, that was in Germany. That, that was yeah. They had a they had a giant wooden cutout from the the scene in the book. I'll, I'll get the book for you if you got a okay. second. Book sure, you. take your time. Um, Hilarious, pop kill everybody. The Kickstarter is going through Christmas, and uh, it's the third third and fourth issues. But if you go to the current Kickstarter, you can get all four issues. And uh, and it's amazing. It's a great corporate espionage, fun story, great action, great nudity, great violence. Uh, you'll love it. You'll absolutely love it. So uh, I, that's why I'm talking to Jimmy today. But I, it's just a good excuse to uh, okay. get it back and something new. So here we go. So in this page, <laughs> the, the pro is thanking the saint for saving her baby. <laughs> And um, and then you know uh, an airplane wing gets knocked off on the next page. But anyway, they had, they blew they blew this up in uh, in Germany. They blew this up and made a giant thing you walk up to and you put your head where the super 
man type character is. So the so the pro is going down on you, and people and and there's a line, and you and you you get in there and you smile, and they take a picture, uh, and this was in a convention with kids going on. It was just, there was just no rules, right? And um, <laughs> and he said it was the most popular attraction of the con. People were lining up to put their head through the thing and be the, you know, the superhero. And I'm like, imagine we did that at New York con, like <laughs> it would shut us down so quick. You know, this is why I love, this is why I love Europe, man. I so, I so want to do that. I mean, how great would that be? You know, it would be the busiest thing at the con until it got shut down, you know? Absolutely, man. <laughs> Dean would be the first guy online. Come on. Right in there. <laughs> um, but you know, yeah, that's the kind of craziness uh, I, I love about Europe. Is yeah, they'll anything goes, and you know, we 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 still have to, in America, we have still still too much uh, stigmatisms about nudity and all that kind of stuff, and people don't talk about things with each other, and you know, there's a lot of conversation that doesn't happen because because people don't feel comfortable, you know, and that that leads to problems, right? The more you don't talk about something, the more it becomes an issue. So uh, I don't know what that was. It's not really that's an <laughs> that's issue. <laughs> an issue? I don't know. Okay. Air quotes. I'm with the okay. uh, I forget who I was talking to about your run on Jonah Hex recently, but you and Justin and, and all those guest artists that you got, and that was so yeah. incredible. And I noticed in your paper film bibliography, I didn't re- I I didn't I wasn't aware of it when you put it out that you did an uh, an individual you know a creator owned western yourself. Yeah. Would you go back to Westerns or are there other genres you haven't hit yet that you want to? I am working on a Western with one of the guys I've done a lot of books with. I can't talk about it yet. Um, and it's exactly the kind of story I want to do. It's no holds barred. It'll be a Kickstarter. Um, Great. It, it is fun. It's some, it's a part of, it's, it's about a husband and wife. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and it's a lot of fun, and we're working on it. He's probably be done with it by, like, June or July. So it'll probably be for fall. And, yes, Europe does enjoy cheesecake. Most people like cheesecake. Um, yeah. You know, so they just, you know, they, you know whatever. Oh, yeah. and it, it, No, but you're right, man. And truly, if we go, especially, you know, back back in the day, your Gil Ofgren's and McGinnis and, and other great illustrators of the day and stuff. And the women I know, I know so many burlesque. Uh, friends of mine are in blast and everything. You know, it's it's the the key is fun. Okay, the key is always fun. It's a playfulness and fun. It, nudity is only part of it. It's it's about playfulness and fun. So uh, we like that. Well, Jimmy, honestly, I'm I'm really glad. It sounds like you and Amanda have a great creator owned uh, schedule for next year. We do, we do. And look, you know, like I said, if something comes up at DC, we we love it. If they, you know, if it was something we were interested, sure. But you know, like I said, we we uh, we will keep busy. <laughs> we will keep, I like yeah. to say, keep your wallet empty. That's good, man. No, and then truly, it's always fun talking to you about these projects. So yeah. it's uh, Pop Kill issues three and four yeah. uh, till December till till pardon me till Christmas. So yeah. go to Kickstarter right. and you'll find all you need to know. And let's have help uh, Jimmy and Dave and company all hit those stretch goals. And uh, as always, man, massive props to you and Amanda and everybody involved with Paper Films. Thanks, John. Uh, 
Yeah, everybody be safe out there. Wear those masks. We're not wearing them because we're in two different states. Yeah, we're okay. We can we it's, we're, it's in six thousand miles. Yeah, that's that's yeah. real social distancing right now that, that Jimmy and I are doing. Thanks everybody, Jimmy Palmiotti. I could talk to that guy every week because he's that smart and that funny. Jimmy Palmiotti on today's word balloon. I hope you enjoyed it. Pop kill. Check it out. The Kickstarter has until Christmas Day. I am hoping to talk to Dave Johnson before it all wraps up. And another guy that I always enjoy talking to as well. And, uh, of course, uh, Dave and Amanda doing some incredible uh, bonus art uh, for each issue. But it's it's terrific. Can't recommend it enough. Pop kill. Also dropping today on Word Balloon, a great conversation and trivia contest with Fred Van Lenty. Primarily, Fred is there to talk about the comic book history of animation. First issue came out this week. He and Ryan Dunlavey continue to do great uh, looks at uh, pop culture history through the prism of comic books, and it's uh, fantastic. There's a lot of great stories in there. Issue one came out this week. I've read the first three issues. It's an amazing series worthy of your attention. Fred Van Lenty dropping today, along with Jimmy's talk on Word Balloon. Later tonight on Word Balloon Live, I'm talking to Michael Jan Friedman, the excellent writer of comic books and novels. Among his works, the Star Trek Next Generation X-Men crossover, lots of Trek comics, lots of Trek novels, but he also has a brand new Kickstarter for his character, an Aztec civilization detective in a futuristic Aztec society. Great speculative fiction from Michael Jan Friedman. That's the subject tonight on Word Balloon Live. Word Balloon is brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you greatly, League, for your support via Patreon. Patreon.com slash Word Balloon. Uh, subscribing to Word Balloon really helps out the show. It uh, allows me to innovate as I've been doing this year, uh, creating the uh, video channel on YouTube. And uh, this has really helped me out in keeping the lights on here at WordBalloon.com. Word Balloon is free. It'll always be free. But if you want to help out the cause, consider subscribing to Word Balloon via Patreon. Patreon.com. Word Balloon is also brought to you by Aftershock Comics. It is uh, celebrating the work of Cullen Bunn this month. All My Little Demons is a Cullen Bunn omnibus collecting a lot of his great creator-owned work that he has put together for Aftershock Comics, including the Brothers Dracul, the full series. There's Dark Ark After the Flood, 1 through 5. Knights Temporal, 1 through 5. Unholy Grail, 1 through 5. The original graphic novel, Witchhammer. Bloodlines from Shock Volume 1 and Man I Am Evil, dude, from Shock Volume 2. Lots of great supernatural stories from Cullen Bunn. Great creator-owned stuff from Aftershock Comics. And uh, not only that, but also great series that are underway. Things like Kaiju Score. Uh, We've got the second issue of that coming out at the end of the month. Sympathy for No Devils from Brandon Thomas also coming out. Uh, at uh, the end of the month, December 30th. And uh, hell, just uh, underway, great uh, books like the Spy Series from Stephanie Phillips' Red Atlantis and the graphic novel Kill a Man from Steve Orlando, Philip Kennedy, and Al Morgan. Don't forget, you can find great books at Aftershock Comics. You'll find amazing genre-bending ideas from some of the top creators out there. Check it out for yourself. Go to their website, AftershockComics.com. Thanks a lot for listening. Until next time, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions. Copyright 2020. Stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy.
Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.